You are listening to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. Thank you, Jamesy. Southern Miss Black Ops tailgate legend, Jason Bailey. Bump is uh, pretty good. Andy Wizard of Whiskey himself, Mr. Shanglock. But the reality is... They don't know, man! I've been looking forward to To The Top Talk. You know, I have that with myself every night. Look, for all you listen today, I'm not an idiot. What's going on? What's happening? How you guys doing? Welcome to To The Top Talk, presented by... Bet US here with your break from all the high resource five propaganda to talk about the University of Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles and life is back on sports betters and Bet US has your NCAA NBA NHL UFC PGA and yes NFL betting lines up for their 27th year and live betting on all of it log in to betus.com or call 800-792-3887 that's 800-79-BET U.S. Bet U.S. for 125% bonuses with our promo code TTTT125. TTTT125. Customer service pros are ready to get your phone, social, and online sports betting kickoff started now. Play with the proven mainstay in the industry, Bet U.S. You bet, you win, you get paid. BetUS.com. Joining me now, back from wherever the hell he was last week, Southern Miss Black Ops tailgate <laughs> legend, Jason Bailey. Greetings and salutations, boys. It was uh, nice to get away for a week. It was a half work, half vacation thing uh, out in Salt Lake City and had a good time out there. I mean, as good of a time as you can have on a vacation when you're with a five-year-old. It's almost like when I get back, I need to have a vacation to uh, recoup from my vacation. But good to be back. I listen to you guys um, every day when I was on the treadmill. I tried to listen for about 20 minutes, and you guys killed it. So Thanks for uh, thanks for that, and um, glad to be back. And the Wizard of Whiskey, Shane Lott. What's up, boys? Uh, Bump, we know you were in Utah with Katie trying to find her sister wife. <laughs> um, I don't know how she feels about that, but she went along on the trip, so evidently she's not completely against it. Uh, and I feel your pain, sir, because um, Catherine has had a mix of work and a bachelorette party trip over the last three weekends. So I've been single dadding at the last three weekends with a two and a half year old and I'm exhausted. Yeah. And Salt Lake's weird, man. You know, we kept going into all these bars and uh, they, like they have to check your ID no matter what. Right. It's like a rule or a law or whatever. So everywhere you go. So we kind of got used to that. But they also have these things on the top of the glasses that like uh, like measure the pour. Have you ever seen that? It's like a plastic mm-hmm. something on the top of it where they just click it. And I guess, you know, you, you're just you're bound by law just to do that much alcohol. And we we're asking them all about it. And they were just this one guy was kind of making a big deal about it. I'm like, like, so that's where you draw the line. Don't worry about, you know, eight wives or anything. But by all means, don't get the liquor over the cubes of ice. Uh, Utah's got some weird alcohol rules. Like, I think their beer can only be like 4% alcohol, something along those lines. I don't know. I know it was cold, and I had a lot of them. Well, you got to drink a lot of them when they're 4%. <laughs> That's very good. <laughs> so in uh, Southern Miss News this past weekend, the Golden Eagles headed up to Tuscaloosa to uh, collect a $1.9 million paycheck by stepping on the field with the Alabama Crimson Tide. The Golden Eagles falling 63-14, to 14, but, you know, not our night as anticipated, but I think many Golden Eagle fans, myself included, left 
feeling positive about how we competed in that game, particularly with the progress that we made on offense in the in the quarterback position. Oh yeah, for sure. Especially in the second half, once we got to play their backup four and five stars instead of the uh, five stars that start <laughs> for them, uh, I really thought that uh, Keys got some really important reps uh, going down the home stretch in that game. Uh, you know, we had some other folks step up and and uh, and make some plays as well. That was nice to see. Uh, gave us gave us some hope heading into the conference schedule. Yeah, I couldn't uh, I couldn't watch it. And I wasn't really planning on watching it uh, anyway. I liken it to, you know, someone inviting me over to their house, which I probably can't afford. And then me taking my dog and having them run over my dog right in front of me for, you know, three straight <laughs> hours. So uh, I couldn't do that. I guess I would get a million and a half or whatever it was uh, out of it. But still, it's not a very fun day. So thank goodness I couldn't watch it. Um but I did listen to uh, – I went running a little bit and listened to <laughs> – well, it didn't take long for that first score. Um, but uh, it, it sounds like that the, the play calling kind of opened up a little bit. Um, I still don't know where, where Brownlee was. He, it sounds like he might have been just nowhere to be found or, I guess, doubled the entire day. Uh, but I, I don't know, man. It was it – was, I don't know. What do you say? Like the only good that can come out of this is is the money, and maybe the experience. Maybe after playing guys like that, then you go back to playing normal human beings, and you've uh, you you're, you're you're better because of it. I guess th- those are probably the two things that are good that came out of it, and no injuries. J- Jason Brownlee had one catch for 19 yards. Um, you know he's still not the Jason Brownlee of last year, but he's. He's he had a, a solid play to kind of start the game and statistically Tykes, I mean, you look at the passing yards. He was 11 for 24 for 131 yards, two touchdowns and one interception um, on the ground. He had 12 carries for 63 yards. He was our leading rusher um, with a loss of 22. So a net of 41, 12 carries for 41 yards um, and a long of 19. So there were some times in that second half where he was able to make some plays with his feet when the when the you know receivers weren't open and and get some big gains and it really you could see the poise starting to grow and throughout the game you could kind of see the play calling open up particularly like uh with with the tight end position Grayson Gunner mm-hmm. had three receptions for 61 yards which I was on the uh with the Alabama football podcast last week and he mentioned that the tight ends had been eating them up so that would be someone one to look out for so he 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 nailed it that's absolutely correct Grayson Gunner had a big game. After the game, Coach Hall kind of mentioned that, you know, they've been wanting to go to, to Gunner, but they just haven't had the um, capability yet with with the, the, you know, the quarterback being comfortable. So hopefully that continues to grow. I mean, he could be a, a tremendous weapon to Tykes, uh, but also another weapon that emerged. It was really good to see the first score of the night for the Golden Eagles was uh, Chandler Pittman, the true freshman, all-purpose back. Uh, ended the night with um, he had six carries for 28 yards and and one touchdown and that touchdown was oh I'm sorry yeah that his touchdown was through the air uh, one touchdown for 14 yards um, there in the first half so it was really good to kind of see Chandler Pittman starting to emerge as a potential uh, threat in the Golden Eagle offense. How cool is it to get your first collegiate touchdown against Alabama's starters? <laughs> no doubt. That's pretty cool. 
<laughs> and when they're when they're ranked number one in the country. Yeah. You know, Pittman, I mean, and both those guys, I'm glad you mentioned both of them because uh, we've been looking for both of those guys to uh, to kind of do something um, all season long or, you know, we're hoping that they would do something. They sure looked the part. Uh, but, you know, Pittman's kind of got a little Tracy Lampley in him, that, you know, uh, super quick, uh, can catch it, can run it, can, you know, just one of those all-purpose guys that um, kind of looks like you're playing a video game when you get him out there. And, and Gunter... I don't know how long we've been screaming for the tight end to get used uh, at Southern Miss, and it seems like we always have one that looks really good, and we never throw it to him. So whatever the issue is, I'm glad that it looks like they're getting that worked out. He appears to be a, mitch, a mismatch uh, every time he lines up on the line. Uh, so hopefully they've 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 got it more in sync now, and um, and Keys you know starts starts looking for the big man. He's a big old boy. Gore not really able to do much, but it seems like these, especially the past few weeks, the defenses are really keying off trying to shut down Frank Gore and, you know, making us throw the ball. And that's, uh, you know, evidently worked to their advantage. I don't know how much longer, you know, I think we faced two of the toughest defenses we're going to face all year in the past two weeks. So I don't know how much longer teams are going to be able to successfully do that, but it definitely makes sense strategy wise. To, uh, to 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 shut down the run and make us throw the ball. On defense, uh, Malik Shorts had an outstanding game, had 10 total tackles, one interception. Uh, Jay Stanley, eight total tackles. Uh, one of those was a tackle for a loss. So both of those guys at the safety position were really flying around to the ball the other night. And, uh, you know, both I thought had pretty solid games. Uh, the one, one monster play on defense was Josh Carr's sack. Uh, he got back there and, and wrapped the quarterback up and just tossed him to the turf. And it was one of those that was like, you know, you got excited just seeing that play. Um, it was such a just a, a, a tremendous play from Josh Carr. So exciting to see him come on as well. Um, if we talk about the, you know, it's, it's really not fair given all the advantages and the, the competition you're going up against at this point to to talk about the matchup with Alabama. But we we definitely were unable to uh, defend them on on kick returns. They had three kickoff returns for what was it? Three kickoff returns for 177 yards and two touchdowns. So I don't I don't I'm not pulling up the media guide, but that's I think that's the only time I can recall in in my mind in Southern Miss history where we gave up two kickoff returns in the same game. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't happen very often. It was maybe was it the first time in Alabama history? I think I, it may have been the I first time in Alabama history. But that cat was also a transfer from Ohio State. So how ridiculous is it that Bama can just go pluck guys from Ohio State's roster as well? <laughs> uh, but he, evidently he didn't wasn't utilized heavily at Ohio State, and that's why he transferred in the first place. But he was clocked at twenty three miles an hour on one of those kickoff returns, and that's wearing football pads full gear and carrying a football and running that's just freakish speed i mean what what are you going to do what are you going to do nothing you're going to let him run for a 101 yard touchdown that's what happened it's like and it's not like we didn't try and also you know i know i sound like the the, the homer fan when i say this but there was a clear hold on that yeah. first kickoff return that just you know you're in alabama that's just kind of what you're going to have to deal with um so to be fair 
there was a bit of a hold there that, uh, you know, probably could have resulted in tackle. But at the same time, you're at Alabama. You're not going to get those calls. Yeah. Two kickoffs return for touchdown, no matter the opponent or lack of holding calls, is just unacceptable, you know. <laughs> uh, but I'm with you. Holding calls, not existent, but. Is that really a surprise? I mean, sprinkler game, Gideon yanked down, the whole deal, you know, happens all the time. So I, I'm, I'm really glad that – well, I guess we do have one more team. We have to play UAB. I'm really ready to not be playing anybody from the state of Alabama. Yeah. yeah. It hasn't been a good year to do that, for sure. It hasn't been a good year in most sports, really. Mm-hmm. Um, Hopefully do, we do better with the state of Texas. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's going to that's going to be some great opportunities. Uh and and that's what we're gosh, I guess our next couple of games are going to be against teams from from Texas, so Yeah, I'll take it. So well, listen as to both of you guys talk, uh it sounds like we had some offensive and some defensive sparks, huh? Absolutely. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Like I did I I mean, I was watching the game to the end and I wasn't sure. I was like I wasn't sure I was going to do that. It got to a certain point. I was like, you know what? I just may <laughs> go wash the dishes and turn on the radio, you know, just turn on the radio <laughs> and do something. And I was like, after that second kickoff return for a touchdown, I was like, that's fine. Let's get the ball back to the offense. Like we're, we're not going to win this game, but let's get some more reps for Tykees. Let's see what he can do. And he, it was, it was entertaining to watch how he ran the offense. Some of the, some of the plays that we were able to um, incorporate, into our, uh, you know, from the playbook, it, it really was. I mean, I, I was encouraged with, by the time when the game was over. I mean, we knew going into it we sure. were going to be outmatched and, you know, what forty-five point underdogs. Uh, but yeah, I was, I was definitely encouraged when the game was over, and it gave me some hope. Like, okay, I now I want to see us play Rice. I want to see what mm-hmm. another week of progress in this in the offense. I want to I want to see first off. I want to see who, who made it through the game healthy and who didn't. Let's just make sure we're 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 healthy heading in this game. But then I want to see how this offense continues to progress, and I want to see how this defense matches up against Conference USA teams. This yeah. is a crazy state statement to make, but we gave up 63 points, but the defense didn't play terrible. Uh, I mean, it was just most of those touchdowns were situations where freakish wide receivers that are crazy fast and incredibly big got behind the defense with their world-class speed. Um, and we would have covered the spread had it not been for a late <laughs> touchdown where the ball was snapped after the clock had hit zero. So, or the play clock had hit zero. So, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, we almost covered the spread. Yeah. And keys is a freak, you know, and I mean that in the best possible way. Um, will that turn into being one of the best uh, to ever do it as a goal? I don't know, but He's got the upside for it. Um, it's going to be interesting how that plays out. Uh, but obviously the the raw ability is there. But I, I wanted to just you know, since I since I didn't watch the game and I did look at Twitter uh, for a lot of the time. You know, I just want to try to understand how some people were actually disappointed at what happened. Did you guys see a lot of that? Are they Eagle Post posters? I don't know. I, I, I don't. I stay, I stay as far away from that as I can. But just straight up Twitter, and, and I'm not saying like you want to go out there and get hammered. But I mean, we were 50 point dogs or something like that to the number one team in the world, and this isn't even this isn't your daddy's Southern Miss or your daddy's Alabama. Things have changed, right? Um, it's just completely different now. 
Um, but somehow there, there's people that are actually disappointed that we didn't win. Um, like I was disappointed that we didn't beat South Alabama, but I don't know how you can be disappointed that we didn't beat uh, Alabama. I mean, just right. I, I, I don't get it. Now, if we look like that versus Rice, um, let it rip. <laughs> Because I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think it's even possible. But if we do, uh, feel free to be disappointed and just go ahead and just, you know, I, I might even I might even venture over to Eagle Post if we looked like that <laughs> versus Rice. Um, but you guys got to calm down, man, on Twitter. Good gosh. It's, pro- it's just, you know, fans are delusional. And I get it. It comes from the word fanatic. But my goodness, it, it, it was, I, I think there was actually people that like legitimately thought that we were going to win that game. Yeah, there's some there. I mean, you know, it's a, I, know, I know it's that way with every fan base, but yeah, there are some some. I mean, anybody who looks at a team with a 45, that's a 45 point underdog and has any kind of expectations out of that is is. I mean, they're really only kidding themselves. Um, and it's not fair. It's not fair to our guys. It's, you look at the discrepancy discrepancy in revenue. You look at the discrepancy in recruiting you look at the discrepancy in size and speed at, at every position and, and then the depth behind every position we're just not in a place right now where we're going to be competitive with teams like that we may never be again but we're going to get better and and i don't think it's a fair a barometer game um and and that's probably why it was encouraging for for some of the fans in the second half to say okay we're moving the ball we scored mm-hmm. you know um We've had some success, even though you know we're we're getting blown out. We're still playing against five-star athletes. I mean, it was really a uh, you know I was encouraged. So hey, sure, everybody's entitled to their opinion. God bless them. But yeah, if you had any expectations in a game like that, you're only kidding yourself. We scored twice as many points on number one Alabama as UAB scored on number two Georgia. So uh, I mean, there's some perspective for you. Speaking, uh, hey, speaking of which, and I don't want to go off on like an SEC tangent or anything, but I'm I, one thing I will say: they scored 63. I'm I'm really grateful that we did not take on a Todd Munkin offense this past weekend because my goodness, <laughs> they Georgia only scored 62, but they out let's see they had 62 points. Uh, 60, they, they beat Vanderbilt 62 to nothing with that Todd Munkin offense they've got now. And Vanderbilt only had 77 total yards. Yikes. Good so, gosh almighty. Do you ba- think in that, in that situation? That, yeah, no, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, do you think in that situation that, uh, say, Georgia is playing Southern Miss in that game, do you think Munkin – takes it easier on us and, and pumps the brakes a little bit negative don't think so i don't I, think that's in, i don't think that's todd i mean well I, I mean i don't know late if he like goes for it on fourth down or something like that like uh but i, I don't know exactly how it went down in that game but um he he might take it easier on us but he wouldn't pump the brakes on louisiana tech <laughs> oh my god <laughs> Oh man, I've, you know we've we've all seen the the golf tournament <laughs> video that uh, circulated amongst tight circles uh, yeah. the day. Uh, I wish I still had that. Uh, it was absolutely I got it. amazing. Do you? Do yep. you? 
Uh, I may still have it somewhere in the, the depths of the media on my phone, but God knows where that is. Uh, <laughs> uh, besides Munkin, uh, I saw some uh, Larry Fedora pictures. Uh, he, is he a uh, like a quality analyst at Bama right now? Is that where he landed? No, his his daughter goes to Bama, and it was like Parents' okay. Day, so he came out for Parents' Day. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, I was like, uh, where is he coaching anywhere right now? He is, uh, you know, I feel like he was a, a quality control guy at at Texas. At Texas, okay. But Maybe I that's where I got that. confused. But I did see the pictures of him all, you know, swolt up in his in his oh, shirt, sorry. hanging out with his daughter and her friends. No, it doesn't. It doesn't look like he was anywhere is anywhere right now. He was at Baylor last year. That's right. Gotcha. Baylor. Just chilling, yeah. Bro. yeah, but I mean, Fedora was at the game in a in a Bama polo, uh, hanging out with his daughter. Yeah, I'd hate to be a frat guy knocking on that door. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, some some other Southern Miss news. Uh, Latrell Jones, wide receiver from Pearl River Community College. Committed to the Golden Eagles this week. He is a, a star wide receiver at Pearl River Community College, uh, originally from Taylorsville, but he had offers from Auburn, Coastal, Coastal Carolina, and Louisiana Lafayette, among others. So um, seems like a very, very solid get for the Golden Eagles at a position that we could could use some uh, some depth and some. We, we definitely need some future uh, game changers there at the, at the receiver position. Also, per fbschedules.com, Southern Miss added southeastern Louisiana to the 2024 football schedule. So it's uh, still a few years away, but we will be playing southeastern Louisiana. The last time I believe we played them was in 2007 when Damian Fletcher drugged two guys about 20 yards into the end zone. I don't know if you guys remember that. That was was kind of like – I think we'd played Florida the week before, and, Fl- and Fletch kind of like had a, a good game in that game, but then like his coming out party was in that game against Southeastern Louisiana, when he was just dragging folks. It was it was it was incredible to watch. I think I went to that Florida game at the Swamp. I, I think was that the last time we played Florida. I believe so. Yeah, yeah that was uh, that was Tebow's first game. Yep, that's yeah, right. That was, that was a fun trip. It was cool to go to a game there. Mm-hmm. So the next game for the Golden Eagles, game number five. Southern Miss now sitting at one and three on the season. Game number five, they are taking on the Rice Owls in Houston at Rice Stadium. The Rice Owls also one and three right now. That game will take place this Saturday, October the 2nd, which, hey, by the way, Dusty Arrington's birthday, if you see Dusty on Facebook or anything like that. Hey. Um, Happy early birthday, Dusty. Happy early birthday, Dusty. Birthday. Look, I'm only half a pour in, but uh, I didn't drink. Well, I drank Friday night. I was I watched a football game sober for the first time in God knows how long Saturday night because uh, one of my neighbors came over Friday night. It was fire pit weather up here, and uh, I broke out a couple of bottles of cast strength rum I had been sitting on until he could come over and hang out. He's a big rum guy. Drinking 133 proof rum until one o'clock in the morning really ruined me wanting to drink for the rest of the weekend. Uh, I just felt terrible. And then I had a two and a half year old by myself all weekend too. So, uh, yeah, the, the bourbon is landing hard tonight. Shane, you would have been proud of me out in Salt Lake City. I actually did a whiskey, like educational sit down thing. 
Yeah, and, I saw uh, that picture. Learned a lot. Oh, I sent you some pictures. That's right. Yep. Mm-hmm. That that High West stuff out of Utah is Ooh. good stuff, man. It's very good. Very good. Very good. So we're taking on Rice, 5.30 p.m. Central Time this Saturday on ESPN3. Rice started the season strong, their first game against Arkansas. They 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 was close for a while, but Arkansas ended up winning 38 to 17. Then the Owls fall to Houston the next week 44 to 7. Then they fall to Texas 58 to nothing. And then last week they defeated Texas Southern by a final score of 48 to 34. I got to be honest, I expected a I mean, and those are three really tough teams to come out of the gate, you know, against you know playing against Arkansas, Houston, and Texas, the old swack or whatever. Um, but I kind of expected a little bit better of a race team this year, and maybe they they'll show that once they get into conference play. Let's hope not. Let's hope not. Not at least for another week. I thought they were gonna have a better defense. I mean, that's that's kind of what in my mind when I think about race. I'm like, well, you know what? They're gonna not turn the ball over a whole lot, and they're going to smother you on defense. And looking at these scores, man, giving up 38, 44, 58, and 30, what, 34th on that last one. Uh, that's that's a lot in every game. So um, I don't know. And, and, and they let Texas Southern score three touchdowns in the fourth quarter as well. So it's not like I don't know. It's 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 a head scratcher for sure. But look, Texas Southern didn't even any good. They're 0 3 on the season. So for them to put up points, I don't know, man. Uh, I know that our strength is not offense. Um, but it seems like maybe our offense can get some, some footing going this week against a team that I thought had a good defense. So what the hell do I know? But I guess we'll find out what happens. And offensively, so uh, Jordan Myers for Rice had. Uh, had a had a really really solid game this past weekend, rushing for he had uh, 26 carries for 160 yards and four touchdowns against Texas Southern. Now that being said, if you you look at the bigger picture and kind of how he's performed this season, he has um, you know that was his biggest rushing game. He had seven carries against Texas for 41 yards and 10 carries. For 23 yards against Arkansas, no carries for no yards against Houston, um, and he's had some more out of the backfield. They kind of have him listed as a tight end, so I'm wondering if he's not playing uh, multiple positions there. But you know, that seems like that 160 yard game is is a one time thing, and we probably shouldn't expect that to happen again. Uh, they've also been playing multiple quarterbacks. It seems like right now Jake Constantine is the the quarterback that they're playing the most. They also have Another quarterback that that comment you know comes in runs a little bit of the uh, option there in Luke McCaffrey, the son of Ed McCaffrey and brother of Christian McCaffrey, as uh, a transfer from Nebraska. So we'll uh, we'll we'll see what they bring to the table this year. I know yeah. what we're bringing to the table. Pain. Pain. <laughs> um. I don't know. I mean, the constant looks legit. I mean, he lit it up at Weber State, um, threw for 4,400 yards and had 33 touchdowns while he was there, coming came out of junior college. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't I don't see them moving the ball a lot on our defense. I just – we just need our offense to be good enough, right? Uh, I, th- I think our defense is going to be good enough 
from here on out to win games if you just don't give the other team points and you have just a, a just a smidgen of of a running game and I was I was thinking about this uh on the route on the flight back what do you guys think our numbers are offensively I was thinking somewhere around 140 rushing yards and like 180 passing yards per game do you think if, the, if both of those things happen um and the defense plays like we think they're going to do just they're just solid defensively if we get to those two numbers maybe 200 yards passing i don't know do, do you guys have any thoughts on that um i i mean i think the big thing at this point is is turnovers i think i think like there's going to be games where we may have 300 rushing yards and 50 passing yards and there may be games where we hit the 200 passing yard mark i don't see mm-hmm. us lighting up 300 yards at this point but I think the big thing for us right now is going to be turnovers. And if we can, yeah. if we can hang on to the ball with the defense we've got, um, I think we'll be in, 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 in. I think we'll be competitive in every game from here on out. Was Key's interception in the Bama game was that a tip ball? I think it was just a little bit behind the receiver, but it actually ended up working. I say working good for us, but you know, with that intercept, if they if he had dropped the ball, then they would have had better field position than they got with that interception on that fourth down play. So. Um, it was just a little bit behind the receiver. I don't think it was a tip ball, but I don't think Cox said it on the radio that it was tipped. But yeah, it's I don't know. I I don't remember the play specifically. I I, I don't remember seeing it. I, I know I watched it, um, but I I don't remember the play. I uh I don't know if we mentioned earlier we've moved past the Bama game, but. Uh, first career interception by Bama's quarterback uh, was was picked off by uh, was it Shorts? Short, yes, yeah, Malik Shorts. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that guy had never thrown an interception before in, until Malik picked him off, which uh, is is pretty cool as well. Yeah, Bryce Young. So that's going to be a trivia question one day if you're playing like college football trivia. Who was the first player to inter- intercept Bryce Young <laughs> yeah. while at Alabama? Because I have a feeling like four years from now, he'll probably be um, quarterback in the NFL somewhere. Really, really solid talent. Uh, so we got Rice this weekend down in Houston, 530. I'm excited. I'm excited to see this game. I'm excited to see how we progress. Um, really on both sides of the ball, but mainly on offense. I want to, I want to see us, um, you know, I think this is a great opportunity for us this week. I hope it is. You know, I mentioned those magic numbers a minute ago. Do you guys know what rice is averaging rushing yards per game? What's that? 178. Do you know what they're averaging passing the ball? 178. 178. So they're balanced. (laughs) I guess so. About as balanced as you can get. Balanced. Yeah. What does that win you, Bob? One football game. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's give a um, shout out. Oh, you guys have a say, Shane? Well, yeah, I, I was looking at their stats, too, since uh, I, I was actually looking to see what television station that comes on, and it comes on ESPN3. Um, but their defense is averaging giving up 477 yards a game. Uh which is not great. Two thirty one. Three hundred and seventy seven of those. <laughs> Oddly enough, uh, giving up two hundred and thirty one yards passing and two hundred and thirty yards rushing. Wow. So their defense is just as balanced as their <laughs> offense. 
Whereas we are giving up 85 and a half yards rushing and 250 yards passing uh, for 355 total yards a game. We're on the offensive side. Uh, we're averaging 300 yards a game, 142 and a half yards passing and 124 yards rushing. So uh, not that far off from being balanced. Wait, wait. Did you say we we're averaging 300 yards on offense, but we had 140 Total yards, total yards. I'm sorry. We're averaging 300 total yards, 142.5 passing, 124 rushing. But that equals uh, 260. Look, I'm just reading what's on the screen. <laughs> you, you take it up with score mobile. <laughs> like that, 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 that math is a little. <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming that the total yards. Includes like I don't returns know. and stuff. I don't think it does. Yeah, no, it doesn't because if if you look at Rice's yards is uh, three hundred and sixty nine, and they're averaging one seventy eight, one seventy eight. Um, that math's pretty close, um, but ours is not as close. It's off by twenty six ish or so uh, yards. But look, I'm I'm just the Score Mobile is the app that I use to keep up with that. I am. <laughs> Looking at the screen, I repeated the numbers. They are still the same. I don't know what to tell you. So let's see. We're averaging a net. Yeah, you're you're exactly right. I'm looking at it right now. It says net passing yards per game. I'm, and I'm looking on ESPN, 142.5 uh, net rushing yards per game, 124. So, yeah, that doesn't quite add up. Well, I will say this. On ESPN, they do have us at 266.5 yards per per game. Okay. Well, so the, the people at the score put in the wrong formula for total yards. Um, so that makes more sense. Let's give a shout-out to our friends at BetUS. Bet with the three-decade leader, BetUS. Join now with a 125% bonus by using our promo code TTTT125. Or a 200% bonus with crypto using our promo code TTTT200. Bet sports, casino, horses, pop culture, and more at BETUS.com. You bet, you win, you get paid. Bet US. All right, so as far as our picks last week, Jason was the lead dog with four wins and six losses. And one of those games was a push, and so I just gave all of us a win because we all picked it. And it was a push. I was like, let's just give us a win because we need it. So Jason. God knows I needed it. Jason led the way uh, with four wins. Shane and I both had three wins. Jason right now leading the way with with an 18 and 22 record on the season. I'm next 17 and 23. And then Shane with 14 and 26. So we've got the picks for this week. Let's see how they go. So Jason, you are the lead dog here. Um, first game, Louisiana Tech and NC State. NC State is a 19-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, I'm going La Tech. They might, uh, they might tech it away, but, um, but I'll take them uh, getting the 19-and-a-half. Uh, Shane? Yeah, same thing. Uh, everybody up in this part of the world is very high on NC State right now after uh, this past weekend's double overtime upset of Clemson. Um, but La Tech, uh, two heartbreaking losses uh, this season. Um, is not a bad football team. Uh, I, I don't expect La Tech to win the game necessarily, but uh, I don't like that spread. I'm going to go with Tech. 
Yeah, Tech definitely has been strong this year. That being said, I think NC State is playing on a, a very almost like an elite level this year as far as what they're what they've played historically. So I'm going to go with the Wolfpack on this one. So that takes us to the Charlotte 49ers and the Illinois Fighting Illini. Illinois is an 11 point favorite. Jason, do you have a pick? Um, I think Illinois sucks. Uh, I think Charlotte is actually decent. And sharding, Charlotte's getting 11, right? Sharding? Sharding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they might they might do that, too. They might shart um, and mess this up for you? <laughs> they might. Um, but, but yeah, so, uh, so all sharts aside, I will uh, take Charlotte. All right, Shane? Ditto. Ditto. All right, I'm going to go with the Fighting Illini. I think they will Ooh. be able to run the ball. And uh, this game is... In Champaign, Illinois, and uh, uh, so I'm going to go with the Fighting Illini. Then we've got the the Battle of Florida schools, I guess. The Battle of <laughs> F blank U. F blank U. <laughs> F U. We've got the Florida International at Florida Atlantic, and Florida Atlantic FAU is a ten and a half point favorite in this game. Jason, do you have a pick in this one? You know it would be great if if these if these teams had fans because you could just have you, you have the same exact chant on one side of the stadium to the other side of the stadium, just being f you this way and f you that way. It would actually go great on TV. Um, but we all know there's going to be about 1,600 people that are watching this thing. And how far are these schools away from each other? An hour, maybe. It's a, I think yeah, it's not a, far. I think it's a little more than that, actually. You forget how long the that America's penis is, the state of Florida. Uh, <laughs> it, it's a deceivingly long drive. Gotcha. Um, America's penis. What would that make the keys? Never mind. Not going there. Mm, no, nope. this um, is a family show, bump. Okay, so it's at FAU. I don't. I don't think that's going to mean a lot uh, either way. <clears throat> I have zero faith in FIU, so I will take FAU. Yeah, when uh, you started with, uh, you know, I hope something happens, I thought you were going to say, I hope a Florida sinkhole opens up and swallows all four of <laughs> FAU's fans during this game. Uh, but I still don't understand why FIU still tries to field a football team. Uh, I'm going with FAU. Yeah, um, you know, FA, FAU kind of had some promise coming to last season, but they kind of fell apart there at the end. That being said, I do think that they're the stronger team, and, and I'm going to have to complete the trifecta there and go with the Owls. Then we have an inter- – this is an interesting spread here. So you've got UNLV at UTSA. UTSA is a 21-point favorite. Jason? Um, the Roadrunners are going to stumble uh, at some point this year, <clears throat> but it's uh, not going to be this week. 21 is a ton of points, but I'm still going to have to take UTSA. Yeah, I actually wrote down UNLV to start with, but then I was like, you know what? I don't actually know anything about UNLV this year. I should probably go and at least look at their scores of their games. They're terrible. Uh, I'm taking UTSA. Yeah, they are absolutely terrible, and and, uh, I'm taking UTSA and the 21 as well. Do they get to play in the Raiders stadium too? Yes, Yes, that that's their. Crazy. You put Jerry Tarkanian on the sideline, and I might switch my pick. Who? Jerry Tarkanian. Oh. He was the famous basketball coach for UNLV running Rebels. Yeah, it, it took me a second there because my brain was in football mode. Shoot on uh, a towel. Yeah. 
Stacy right. Ogman, bro. Stacy Ogman, Larry Stacey Johnson, Ogman. Grandmama. Uh, up next, we've got the Liberty Flames at UAB. UAB coming off the victory over Tulane is a one and a half point favorite at home against Liberty. Jason, uh, slugfest. Uh, I'm I'm picking by the coach here. I think. And if I have to pick between one of these two coaches, I will take my chances with Bill Clark and the Blazers at home. Yeah, I um, uh, Liberty is not as good as we expected them to be this year. That quarterback of theirs is still an awesome player, but they just have not lived up to the hype this season. Uh, UAB has another solid team, so I'm going to go with UAB. And I am going to go with Liberty. Then we've got the Marshall Thundering Herd at Middle Tennessee State at MTSU, Blue Raiders. Uh, Marshall is a 10-point favorite at MTSU. Sh- uh, Jason? I don't know uh, a ton about either of these teams, but uh, so this could be an absolute whiff. But um, Marshall, in my mind, should always win this game. So I'm taking Marshall. Yeah, uh Middle Tennessee is probably my most despised team in the conference. I talk a lot of smack about FIU, but I really just it, – Middle Tennessee bothers me. It, the, the, they, the fact that they exist just irks me. Uh, nobody, nobody cares about Middle Tennessee. Is probably less people than care about Florida Atlant- or Florida International or Florida Atlantic. Nobody cares about them either, especially now that Kiffin's gone. But I just despise the fact that Middle Tennessee State exists. So I probably will never pick them. Uh, Marshall. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go with Marshall as well. I just don't think yeah, in, in Middle Tennessee not really a great football team. So yeah, I'm gonna. Complete the run there on on uh, picking Marshall. Then we've got an interesting game, given how they've played lately. The Western Kentucky Hilltoppers are 11-point underdogs at Michigan State. Bump. Yeah, so it's at Michigan State. and I mean, only 11 points. Um, give me the Spartans. Yeah, I feel the same way. Uh, if – I don't know why Michigan State would would travel to Bowling Green, Kentucky. Um, but if if it, maybe if it was in Bowling Green, I'd feel a little different. But since it's at Michigan State, I, I think Michigan State wins by a couple of touchdowns, so that'll cover that. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna go with Michigan State as well. All right, Old Dominion. J- Jason, did you say Michigan State? Yes. Okay, I thought so. I was just double checking. Spartans. Um, up next, we've got Old Dominion, the Monarchs, at UTEP, um, two of the uh, struggling teams in Conference USA right now. UTEP at home is a five-and-a-half-point favorite. Jason? Uh, well, I mean, I'm trying to figure out if UTEP is legit or not. Um, I, I, I don't know. I really don't have a clue, but I, I do think that they'll probably beat Old Dominion. I mean, it's literally a cross-country trip. You're having to like, go across a continent. Uh, to get there. So I got UTEP and I believe that will, if they do win, that'll put them at four and one on the year. Right. I think I so. Believe so. I believe yeah. so. So, but they have minors. Minors. there ain't yeah. nothing finer than sex with a minor. <laughs> Whoa. All right. Jason <laughs> is on this, he is on this one this week. One trip to Utah. The dude just goes off the deep end. Just bananas here. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. U- UTEP was um, 
but UTEP has played. I mean, look, they they haven't really played the toughest of schedule either. You know, um, Boise State. You know, you know, was their only loss. They 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 defeat uh, University of New Mexico by seven. They defeated Bethune Cookman. They defeated New Mexico State. So they haven't had the toughest schedule. I don't think they're really they're three and one, but I don't know that they're necessarily like you know they they may be I, three and nine by the end of the season is what you're trying to say. I don't think they'll be three and nine, but I think they're kind of I don't know. I think it's gonna. I don't I don't know how great we'll find out next week. I think we play them next coming up next week. So. Homecoming. Yeah, okay, yep. yeah, yeah. Shane will be here. I will. That's right. Shane, what's your pick in the game? Uh, man, this is a tough one um, because, well, like you were just talking about, um, we don't really know if UTEP is is three and one good or if it's just the fact that they've played three or uh, won three games against terrible teams. Uh, Old Dominion has lost some close games. Uh, I, I feel like if, if they had the ability to finish, uh, their record would be a little better. But traveling all the way across the country to UTEP and the spread being as close as it is, I'm going to go with the home team to go with UTEP. Um, I, I've been burned by Old Dominion too many times this year, so I'm going to go with UTEP and get burned again. All right. Last, we've got the, uh, the Southern Miss – Golden Eagles versus the Rice Owls. Uh, Rice currently a two and a half point favorite. Jason, you get to pick first. Uh, I don't think Rice is any good. I think Rice is bad. I think there's interesting uh, quarterback situations on both sides, but I think our defense is better. Um, and I actually I have Southern Miss outright, so I'm taking the uh, Golden Eagles. Yeah. I, I... I'm curious to see what kind of week of practice we have. I don't imagine it'll be a bad one uh, with the whole, you know, hit the reset button conference uh, slate starts a new season for us. Uh, A championship is still on the table. Uh, I I think the team is excited uh, to get conference play started. And I think that carries us to a win over rice. So I'm, I'm, I'm always going Eagles, but Eagles. Yeah. um, You know, who's to say how, you know that this this really is a game right now that if you're looking at it objectively, it could really go either way. But as a Southern Miss fan, I definitely feel good about the direction that we're going, and um, you know I think that that it's I think it's gonna be fun. I think the team is hyped. I'm I'm curious. I'm really more curious to see how this goes, more so than expecting this to go a certain way. But I, I too will go with the Golden Eagles. Then for our final pick of the night, we have the over under in this game. Southern Miss versus Rice. The over/under right now is forty-five point five. Under, like a mofo. Okay. Yeah, I, I think so too. I, I think, uh, uh, I mean, if we score a bunch of points, great. But I don't see us scoring a bunch of points, and I don't see us giving up a bunch of points to Rice. So uh, I'm going over as well. Oh, I mean, under, <laughs> under. Excuse me. Uh, I usually would take the under, but I'm kind of feeling the over right now. That's you're looking at. So let's say that it's a let's say Rice were to be up by three. That would make it a what? Twenty. Like a twenty. Probably about like a twenty four, twenty one game, which I I think it's uh, I think that score is is 
doable. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take the over in this one and let's see what happens. All right, so that moves us on to the NFL. Right now, we are as we are recording, the Philadelphia Eagles are taking on the Dallas Cowboys. I've been mostly recording, so I haven't seen any big plays out of Quez. I saw you hit a catch early in the game, so I'm not sure what his status is right now, but he is he is currently on the field as we are recording. Two, Tim Jones was signed to the Jacksonville Jaguars practice squad this week, so it's really awesome for him to get a shot to get back uh, on with the Jaguars. I know his injury kind of prevented him from showing out this summer, but I'm glad they, they still keeping him around because I think he, that's definitely a very solid fit for him. And, and hopefully he can continue to progress and, and make the active roster one day. Yeah. Very good. At, at this point in the game, uh, Quez Watkins has one reception for five yards. Oh, well, there you go. That was that one catch early on. So Dallas yep. is Dallas appears to be in control of the game, but, you know, maybe they can maybe they can get the ball in Quez's hands a little bit more before it ends. There is. I see Quez coming into the huddle right now. Philadelphia has. Yeah, you just said it. Uh, Philadelphia has the ball down by 20 with a little less than 10 minutes left in the third. So they should be throwing it. Mm-hmm. Um, should be time for for uh, the Quez dispenser to get some receptions. Shane, do you have some of uh, some other Southern Miss news this week? Man, we got a lot to Southern Miss news this week. Uh, oh, oops, oh, um, oh, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Before we get to that, as we speak, amazing catch by Quez Watkins. Like, as we are speaking, Quez went up and took – I think it was a pass – let's see who they call interference on. It looked like it was on the – are they going to call it on Quez or are they going to call it on them? Maybe it is on Dallas, but Quez, Quez jumped over the defender and holding on the defense. So, yeah, it's going to count. Quez, nice. Quez just made a tremendous catch. So we should have been talking about Quez for a lot longer tonight. Yeah, absolutely. I hope we talk about Quez for years to come. Absolutely. All right, let me see this. Let me see this again. All right, so they're inside the nine. So Jalen Hurts drop back the pass, throws it up, and Quez jumps back. Defender's got a holding him, holding his left arm down, and Quest jumps up and grabs the ball out of the air and comes down with a reception. That looked to be about a 42 yard reception. Wow. So watch out, Juan Cox. Jamie's coming for you. Yeah. Yeah. Double out left. Oh, he's, he's, he's running. He's running. He's, he's, oh, he's, he's it. Oh, he's out of bounds. Okay. Never mind. That was. <laughs> Shane, do we have any other Southern Miss news this week? <laughs> oh, it's uh, t- called for a touchdown. Wait, no, intercepted. Run back 40 yards. Uh, um, yeah, Case we got lots. Three, breaks the tackle, he's out of the seven. Yeah. We, got, we got lots of news. Uh, fall sports are in full swing. So uh, that said, um, time to get a little bit more Ooh, juice. I'm going to get some of that. I'll be back. You, all right. I'll, I'll pour slow and talk even slower to give Bump the chance to get back to his computer. Um, all right. So we'll start with uh, – I like to lead it off with soccer every week because they may be our strongest fall program right now. The soccer team is really on the rise. Uh, had a really exciting, tough match uh, at North Texas this past week. Uh, ended in a zero-to-zero draw. Uh, that zero-to-zero draw was achieved because Kendall Mendich, uh had 13 saves on the night, which is a single-game career high for her. Just an absolute recording in progress. Wall. 
uh, made some great saves. Uh, so with that point from the draw, the Lady Eagles are still sitting atop of Conference USA West uh, and control of their own destiny for the rest of the season. So uh, the ladies are still playing really good soccer. Uh, exciting to keep up with them. Uh, next Friday, uh, October 1st, they host UAB in Hattiesburg. Uh, and that matches at 4 p.m. So uh, if you got nothing going on Friday, uh, cut out of work a little early and make it over to the track and soccer complex and support the Lady Eagles because they are really playing well. Uh, and I know I've mentioned this before, but uh, really a, a nice mix of, of a few veteran leaders there and a lot of young talent. So it uh, looks like Coach Mo is going to keep this soccer program rolling uh, for the, the uh, at least immediate future. Um, Another strong showing this uh, going on right now, men's golf. Uh, we spoke last week. They had the first day of the Husky Invitational underway. Uh, they ended up finishing that tournament tied for 11th out of 16 teams. Uh, Robbie Ladder uh, was the low-scoring eagle with rounds of 66, 74, then 77 to shoot a collective 217. Uh, the men are currently up in my neck of the woods in Winston-Salem, North Carolina at Wake Forest at the Old Town Collegiate. They actually knocked out 36 holes today, and after 36 holes, the Eagles are tied for third out of – or not tied for third. I'm stuck on tied from, from earlier. They are in sole possession of third place out of 15 teams. Uh, Wake Forest and Duke are ahead of them, uh, and then Wake Forest is B team is in fourth place. Um, how crazy is that, that Wake Forest hosts a tournament, 15 teams. They have two teams in the top four. Uh, but that, that should be expected. If you know anything about Wake Forest, it's, it's a swanky school. I think tuition at Wake Forest for end state runs about 60 K a year. Um, which is that, that kind of blows my mind. Uh, I, I was talking to a guy a little while back around here and his daughter played volleyball at Wake Forest, but she basically gray shirted and they had to pay tuition for her first year. And uh, I think that was the number that he threw out. Uh, just uh, I thought that was worth mentioning. If uh, I had a lot of student loans from Southern Miss because I, I took the extended education plan there and, and stuck around and partied for a while uh, and <laughs> didn't come out with 60 K in student loans. Thank God. And that's what it cost you to go to Wake Forest for one year um, back to Southern Miss sports. And we'll get off of Wake Forest tuition. Uh, currently the team sits at 19 under par after the first two rounds, which is pretty incredible. Usually I'd just give you who the low score is, but four out of the five Eagles, uh, have shot par or below in both rounds so far. Bryce Wilkerson in his first two rounds shot a 65 and a 66. Hunter Adkins shot a 66 and a 68. Fong Papat shot a 69, 67. And then Robbie Ladder, who was the uh, low scorer at the Husky Invitational up in Washington, shot a 72 and a 68. So uh, the gentleman will finish up tomorrow with the final 18 holes, uh, really have a shot at, uh, at winning that tournament with some really strong, ritzy golf programs in the mix. So uh, excellent showing by the men. Uh, next, they're off until October 16th when they come back to North Carolina, and they're right here in Raleigh at NC State. So 
I believe my wife is out of town again that weekend. She's been staying with her boyfriend a lot. She says it's work, um, <laughs> but uh, three weekends in a row and another one coming up. I'm pretty sure she's working on leaving us. Um, but uh, who could blame her? You guys hear me talk uh, once a week. Uh, you'd probably leave me, too. Um, but, uh, yeah, men are back up at NC State. Uh, I may drag the little out to uh, NC State's course that weekend. And if if they're even allowing spectators, I, I forget there's still a global pandemic going on. I'll have to look into that. But it'd be cool to, to watch the, the guys play a little golf. Um, talk to men's golf. Let's talk women's golf. Uh, they finished fourth out of 11th at the Hoover Classic hosted by UAB. Uh, I was reading the article about that, and evidently there was a last-minute venue change of that golf tournament. Uh, so they played at a, a course they weren't expecting, and UAB actually did not fare well. Uh, I, I don't know exactly where they finished, but it was close to the bottom in their own tournament. Uh, the ladies, to finish fourth out of 11th, shot the lowest 54-hole total since 2018, I really need to clean up my enunciation there because uh, I almost uh, said an accidental bad word. Um, but they shot a collective 894. Uh, uh, again, that's the lowest collective uh, tournament score since 2018 uh, between the five ladies golfing. Uh, Momika Andu. Sure. Uh, shot a 76, 72, 73 for a combined 221. Uh, she was the low scoring Lady Eagle tied for eighth overall. Uh, next, the ladies are also off. Uh, they come back a week earlier than the men. They play October 11th and 12th at Arkansas State. Next up. Uh, both the men's and women's tennis teams were in action. Uh, the men's hosted the Southern Miss Fall Invite. Uh, freshman Olmajan Nabeev uh, was the only undefeated uh, player in the men's team, went 5-0 and on the weekend. Uh, the article that I read uh, about uh, what went on in men's tennis action was very not clear on uh, the total scores. So that's all I have to report for uh, for you from men's golf action. Next up, Saturday October 2nd, they're at the ITA All-American in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, while the men were doing that, the women were down in Natchitoches, uh, Louisiana, at Northwestern State, or over in, should I say, uh, at the Natchitoches Women's Care Lady Demon Collegiate Invitational. That's a mouthful. Natchitoches Women's Care Lady Demon Collegiate Invitational. Uh, I, so is that I in Louisiana? Louisiana? It is amazing. <laughs> you know, it's it actually called Natchitoches. Natchitoches? Don't is know how really? that's possible. Natchitoches. Natchitoches. Is it? You know, that doesn't surprise me. Natchitoches uh, is how it looks. Natchitoches yeah. is how it sounds because well, I had a buddy that played there. Yeah, it's it's a Louisiana name, so that's not surprising me at all. But this <laughs> is not the first time I've ever said that word. So I've been just pronouncing it wrong all my life. Um yeah, thank you for the correction. <laughs> Natchitoches. Yeah, crazy. Mm-hmm. Tune-ass words. Um, <laughs> but uh, the ladies at Natchitoches uh, at Northwestern State won a singles and a doubles title. Uh, Ibru Zainab Yazgan uh, won the singles title, and Monique Burton and Sarah Medic won the doubles title. 
Uh, next up, the ladies are in action October 13th through 17th, so they're off for a little while at the ITA Regionals in Tuscaloosa. Uh, Cross Country did not have a meet this past week, but uh, from the previous week's action, junior Lena May was named the Conference USA Cross Country Female Athlete of the Week for her 16th overall finish out of 200 runners. Uh, that's pretty strong. Uh, next up for them, they are back in action Friday, October the 1st at the Joe Payne Notre Dame Invitational. Uh, softball actually has some of their fall uh, games going on where they play against some of the local junior colleges. Uh, it was tough to get news out of there. There was nothing on the Southern Miss site uh, as far as updates. And the softball Twitter account only gave a score for the first game. But on uh, September 24th, they played a couple of games against Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College, winning the first game 16 to four, uh, and then won the second game, but no score was given. Uh, so then, uh, they'll, they'll do a similar deal this weekend, uh, Friday, October 1st. They'll play Colin, the first match at four, the second match at six. Um, interesting little tidbit, uh, for softball. Incoming freshman Paige Kilgore was named the 2021 Mississippi Gatorade Player of the Year. So uh, hmm. some high praise for Paige coming in. Um, I believe uh, – I'm no, I, I was going to say I believe I knew where Paige played her high school ball, but I was confusing her with somebody else, and I caught myself there at the last minute. Uh, last uh, sport to report on, volleyball was in action at UAB on Friday the 24th and Saturday the 25th. Uh, Friday, they dropped that match 0-3, uh, and, and then Saturday dropped that match 1-3. to uh, So that moves the ladies to 8-8 eight and eight overall and 0-2 oh and in Conference USA action. Uh, this weekend, they have uh, UTSA coming into the Wellness Center Friday October 1st at 6 p.m. and Saturday, uh, October 2nd at noon. Um, and that reminded me when I was giving the volleyball record that I did not give you the soccer's overall record when I was talking about them. The soccer team currently stands at 6-2-1 and one, uh, with that draw against North Texas and has a Conference USA record of two wins, zero losses, one tie. And that does it for uh, fall sports for last week. Shane, I just sent a, a text with the Quez Watkins play. If you, if your uh, heart desires to, to check that out, so yes. it's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty pretty solid performance looked, there. For looked very much like what Quez does. Yeah, it's 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 definitely on brand. Oh, yeah, man, that was cool. I'm watching it as we speak, so I might as well watch that. But that was also a hell of a play by Jalen to just get away from the pressure that was coming on him to get that ball up in the air. So uh, killer plays on both ends. Uh, go ahead, Quez. Yeah, so they're I guess they're down. It's in the third quarter. They're still they're down by, what, 13. So they're not out of it. There's still time left to play if they, they get the ball right now. So we'll see what um, happens. The- Man, something else to say. Uh, I, that link sent me to Twitter because that's where the, the thing is. Uh, old Rusty Eagle retweeted this is, is how I saw it. But Rice Football, nine hours ago, tweeted out a Game 5 poster that says, Owls to the top, Rice versus Southern Miss. What? Yes. The Hold poster, up. yes. You want me to see here? I'll send it to both of you right now. That's so not you even, can, that's not even I see it. Right. 
I see it. Wow. Rice is ripping off our to the top on us before the game. Uh, yeah. What, what, to the top of what? Um, I mean, our thing is kind of a mantra, but they're just like just, just saying those words. What? So, you know, yeah. their their slogan is intellectual brutality. So I don't understand. That is intellectually brutal. <laughs> well, I've got a saying for them. Intellectual property. Back up off our to the top. <laughs> <laughs> wow that's that's something else right there whatever you know what man I, i'm so ready for do you guys remember when when we were in school and no like like, like i couldn't remember i couldn't imagine um Sutter miss losing like two games in a row you know um and there was just something about like this swagger or this 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 i felt like people teams that came into the rock had a fear you know, uh, the, the the rock played a part in in how awesome we were, and and I, I feel like that's kind of kind of left us, man. I, I'm ready to get that back. I've got shit like this going down with rice, freaking rice, ripping off our, our our saying. You got people putting you know memes of sitting on the little rock before the game, and just at some point, I think the fans, the coaching staff, the players, and everybody are just going to have enough of this bullshit, and just we're going to get back to doing Southern Miss things, and hopefully that starts this weekend. I, I think it'll be here sooner rather than later. I think we're on the right track. It's going to take a little time. Uh, the recruiting class for uh, this year is looking pretty strong. Uh, I've got faith in Will Hall to get this thing turned around. I'm with you. I hope it happens sooner rather than later, but uh, – the day will come where Southern Miss football is back on top of the conference, whether it be Conference USA or hopefully the Sun Belt. Um, but uh, I, I think the our, our days of pain and anguish are, are quickly coming to a close. So um, get your shots in while you can, because mm-hmm. we're, we're we're coming for blood. Right. You guys, uh, you have any shout outs this week? I wanted to give a shout out to uh, Harry and Marsha Goff. They got their uh, they got their name on a room in the uh, Bauer Academic Center for their uh, generous donations. So I wanted to give them a shout out. And um, also, it's it's really early for this for this thing, but the Ryder Cup just happened, and when we did the to the top talk uh, classic golf thing that we did last year. I think we did it in April. We're probably going to do it in April again. But it kind of had a Ryder Cup thing. We had a black team and a gold team. That old deal. So if you're interested in that, go ahead and hit me up right now. Probably going to start sending out those emails. I don't know. Sometime toward the end of the year. But since the Ryder Cup is fresh on everybody's mind, if that looked cool to you out there, we do something you know, somewhat similar with a lot more alcohol involved uh, on a Friday and Saturday at Timberton Golf Club. And lastly, uh, I want to give a shout out to my wife, man. She is taking a crack at this real estate thing, man. She's going to do it full time. So anybody out there needs a, uh, I don't know, just is, is in the market. Give her a call. Let her uh, let her work her magic there and sell you something. Is that why you went to Utah to search for a sister wife? Because Katie's going to do reality <laughs> full time <laughs> and you're not going to yeah, see she, her she's gonna, She's going to be tied up, you know. And then she that. can she's gonna sell houses to the sister wives. It's just it's oh, a it's a fly. Oh, pyramid. I like it. Well, oh, when, coming back to the pyramids again. Oh yeah. Well, we missed our opportunity a couple weeks ago when Jamie was out. We even did. though we How did, did that I, happen? 
Hey, cut it out, you guys. (laughs) Knock it off with your (laughs) malarkey. Hey, well, in 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 our defense, uh, I think it might just be Shane that brings us to that level because you guys got on some kind of animal tangent last week. I was running oh, that was treadmill. that was Jamie when his wombat speed. <laughs> yeah, we were comparing the speed of Quez Watkins to oh, other yes. animals. And that was fantastic. There were animals. There's there's not there's a lot of animals faster than Quez. I, I was kind of surprised <laughs> by that. But you know, dude, I, I'm I know we talked. None about of those animals week. have a helmet on. Yeah, yeah but, but a wombat is a chubby little fat bear rabbit. How the hell are they so fast? <laughs> <laughs> I'm still mind blown. That was good stuff. Yeah, fair enough. Shane, do you have any shout outs? Uh, I do. Uh, uh, last week, I got to catch up with uh, a good buddy from from the Berg and an old neighbor of mine, Patrick Lowry. Uh, what's up, Mr. Lowry? Good talking to you, sir. Uh, I'd like to give him a shout out. I want to give a shout out to former Golden Eagle offensive lineman, Jeremy Bridges. I'm hopping on the podcast with him. Tomorrow night at 9.30 Central, Burning Bridges is the name of the podcast. It is on the uh, All Authentic Talk Sports Media Network. So looking forward to catching up with uh, Jeremy as well. It's been a while. Had him on the show, gosh, a few years ago, and it was a tremendous episode. So and we, we graduated. You know, we graduated the same exact day. We had the same exact graduation. And I remember and I'm Arrington. He's Bridges. So he sat like near me at graduation. And then that's all I remember from that day. Like it got kind of wild that night. So for both of us. So what an epic name for a podcast, though. Burning yes. Bridges. Yeah. Burning Bridges. That's amazing. That's Shane, yep. did you hear about uh, that? Isn't and it's probably the second coolest name for a podcast? Because did you? Uh, I don't know if you listened to the pod when Jamie did an interview with. Um, oh God, who was it? The offensive lineman Will Freeman. Did you was hear what he? No, you were not on the episode. I, didn't I wasn't on it. I don't think. Okay, so I'm just Will Freeman. Did <laughs> oh, did you? Yes. Okay, well, did you remember what his podcast name was? No. The Nasty Brunch. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I that's right. It. The Nasty Brunch. Yeah, I forgot that's about Freeman. Cool. Freeman. Freeman. <laughs> I think, and I think, uh, so I don't know where he is now, but he was like. One of my niece's teachers at Northwest Rankin. Oh wow! Yeah, so that's kind of scary. That uh, definitely scary. <laughs> I don't know if if you were going to pick a former offensive lineman to be a teacher, I feel like Will, you know, was was a pretty like calm dude. If well, I had to pick between him and Bridges, I would, I'm picking Freeman. Yeah, definitely. I would. Uh, I would Can you imagine nodding off in Jeremy Bridges' class? Bridges would probably pick. Freeman. Uh, you done messed up, A.A. Ron. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, now, Will, I will say this about Will, man. Heck of a bouncer for uh, some of my shows at Brewski's. So. Did he ever have to toss anybody out? Not that I'm aware of. Uh, I have some people he I would like for him to toss out, but I didn't. I, I don't know that he actually did. Nobody got to me on the stage, so he did a good job blocking. Not that Speaking I've ever – been under threat for anybody coming after me on stage, but nobody did, so that speaks well on him. I'm pretty sure Jim Jim, uh, Jim Hicks threw me out of mugshots one night. That's hilarious. It was completely my fault. Yeah. Is there anything worse than than somebody that won't shut the hell up in the crowd of a comedy show? Oh, man, it's pretty brutal. Um, Yeah, that's that's pretty fair. 
I don't know. That's a good question. I guess like the only thing worse would be like a football team's Twitter page tweeting memes about your college before they play them or after they play them. Smoker yeah. on an airplane. <laughs> Smoker on an airplane. <laughs> Smoker on an airplane. Well, uh, all right. So big game this weekend against Rice. Uh, looking forward to it. I'm, I'm excited. I, I'm, I'm excited to see how we continue to progress. The energy is definitely there. Hopefully we're healthy. We'll find out tomorrow on com- competition Tuesday. Um, hope you guys enjoyed it. And as always, Southern Miss to the top. Talk. I could play for Alabama, USC, or Notre Dame. You have lots of things to offer, but Southern Mississippi put you all shame. I was born here in Hattiesburg, never ventured far away. When it comes to playing football, here in Eagle Heaven is where I'm gonna stay. I could play for North Carolina, Ohio State, RLSU. You play a good game of football, but Southern Mississippi is a whole lot better than you. season is over and done the fans here in Hattiesburg will be proud of what we've done I could play for the Georgia Bulldogs Florida State or Tennessee but I chose Southern Mississippi and right here at home is where I'll always be I could play for Alabama USC our Notre Dame, you have lots of things to offer, but Southern Mississippi put you all to shame. I could play for North Carolina, Ohio State, or LSU. You play a good game of football, but Southern Mississippi is a whole lot better than you. Season is over and done. All your teams with famous names will see we're number one. Ask Mississippi State. Ask Mississippi State. Call Katie Case Bailey with Dunbar Real Estate for all of your real estate needs. Katie Case Bailey, Realtor Extraordinaire. Something to show, something to list, something to sell. Call today at 601-408-9980. 